we've been there before, but I think this is about the last time we'll be in Exodus 14. Let's look at the 30th and 30, 31st verse, and then we'll go into Exodus 15. <clears throat> um, they just saw the mighty hand of the Lord uh, working as they... Um, um, the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea. We talked about um, uh, how that happened. It was just a mir miraculous saving of the nation. And like we've talked about before, when we say the nation of Israel, it's not a few people. You know, about two and a half million uh, is the best guess that scholars can put on, on it. So. Uh, they saved the day. In verse 30 of chapter 14, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw that the Egyptians did on the seashore. <clears throat> when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. That last line again. The people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servants, Moses. Now, <clears throat> Israel had been in bondage 430 years. So the people of the Exodus knew nothing but Egypt. They knew whatever was there. They knew the hardships, the bondages. They did what the Egyptians would allow them to do. What had God done at this point? God had said, there's a piece of property. I told Father Abraham, Father Isaac, and Father Jacob that I'm going to give to you. A piece of land. That's all he said. But they had been in Egypt so long, <clears throat> they didn't know what to do. I'm reminded of the movie of Morgan Freeman and Shawshank Redemption and you've seen it many times that when these guys who had spent 30 and 40 and 50 years in prison when they got got out they didn't know what to do they they uh, were were um, <clears throat> uh, schooled in what the prison told them and that's that type thing but as we go in <clears throat> to Exodus, and we're going to see the first part of that this morning, the Lord is leading them through Moses to become a people of freedom. And that's not an easy task sometimes. And he is also adding to the promises that he said, I'm going to give you the land, but I'm also going to do something else for you. So... <clears throat> Uh, we'll see this now in chapter 15 uh, it's um, they say it's the song of Moses and we're just going to let the reader read that and uh, and see if you'll follow along in your text and uh, we'll go from there
chapter 15. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger and consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place, Lord, you made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they... Okay. That's the song. We're going to pick up there in verse 22. And things change a little bit here. Uh, as the reader just said, the Moses led the Israel from the Red Sea into the wilderness of Sur. They went three days into the, I think that's better pronounced, sure, but anyway, uh, and they went three days in the wilderness and they found no water. And they came to Marah, M-A-R-A-H. They could not drink the water of Marah for they were bitter, therefore it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? 
And he cried out unto the Lord and showed him a tree. He threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. And there he made for them a statue or regulations, and he tested them. Okay, if you can see this um, <clears throat> this map that Art's got up on the thing, or you might have the one that I gave you, um, or you can uh, get my pointer. The wilderness of Shur, right, right here. And Succoth, they were leaving Succoth, and they went all the way down tomorrow. And then they're going to go down to Elam, right here, in just a few minutes. But we're right here now, as they're coming out of the Red Sea. And we're going to see in just a minute, Scripture tells us, from Succoth down to here, it was about a month about a month from the time that they left the Red uh, the uh, <clears throat> the the um, land of Egypt until um, <clears throat> until they got to this point okay so let's back up just a little bit uh, you can imagine they left in haste you know remember the Passover they <coughs> they didn't have anything but unleavened bread when they left and what they could take with them and they said go the Lord said go and uh, <clears throat> so here you got <clears throat> two and a half million people and they hadn't been used to doing a whole lot on their own well they needed some baloney or something out there to sustain them you know as, as things were going on and they came to this place and they had been marching for three days according to verse 22 and they didn't have any water so verse 24 this is the second time in scripture we find them grumbling now first time we was was in chapter 14 verse 10 uh, they were running from Pharaoh at that time and they said, weren't there any graves in Egypt? Uh, we, you're going to bring us out here to be all buried in the wilderness? That was prophetic to one point. But uh, he, uh, this second time they were grumbling here. What does grumbling, what does grumbling mean to you? Okay. Grumbling. They were grumbling. Verse 24, so the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? And of course, Moses didn't know. He said, Lord, show, what, what am I going to do? And he showed him a tree and he threw it in the waters and the waters became sweet. And there he made for them a stature and a regulation and there he tested them. Verse 26, and he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. So, as I said a while ago, this is the first time that Lord, the Lord is going to kind of take them by the hand and lead them and guide them in 
to freedom. And he says, if you'll obey me, <laughs> how many times have we gone there? If you will obey me, if you will keep my statutes and keep my commandments, in this particular instance, he says, I won't, I won't give you the diseases. You know, you won't have that because I, the Lord, he says, I, the Lord, am your healer. Um, hold your finger there and turn over to Matthew 6. Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, Matthew 6. <clears throat> this is part of the ser uh, Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 6, and he's talking about, uh, in chapter 6, he's talking about uh, prayer uh, in uh, uh, verse 4 he says when you give be it in secret for the father sees what is done in secret and will reward you when you pray uh, don't do like the hypocrites do but go into your inner room in your prayer closet and pray and then in verse 8 Verse eight. We need to we need to hang on to this, and we need to remember it and continue to remember. It. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So we need to we need to remember that, and we'll keep remembering that. All right, back to chapter 15 so in verse 26 he says if you will give heed earnestly uh, I the Lord am your healer verse 27 and he came to Elam and there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms and they camped there besides the water chapter 16 and they set out from Elam, all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. And you, you see that up on, up on, our, up on our map. Uh, we have here the wilderness of Shur, and this is called the wilderness of, that's the wilderness of uh, Paran, but here's the wilderness of sin. Uh, why it's called that, I have no idea. But they're at this part right here, Elam, at, at, at this part now. So, um, that's chapter 1, <clears throat> verse, um, excuse me, chapter 16, verse 1. And the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. Okay. Fifteenth day of the second month. Okay. When did they have the Passover? He says from the first day of the year, Nisan, or as uh, we've come to know it too, it's, uh, I forgot it right now. <clears throat> from that day count how many days? Fourteen. Fourteen days and it's going to be the Passover. And the 15th day they left had the Passover on the 14th day the 15th day they left 
So the scripture is telling us here that it was in the second month after their departure on the 15th day. So it's been 30 days since where they were. Verse 2. And the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the, <clears throat> by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. <laughs> have you ever said, I'm starving? Were you starving? No. No. The commentators that I read this week says that probably they didn't have pots of, of meat to eat out of in abundance. They didn't have bread in abundance, but they had meat and bread. And, and so they're kind of exaggerating the situation. Do we ever exaggerate? I blow things up all the time so somebody else can see them. So anyway, he said, you're going to kill us with hunger. Verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out and gather a portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. <clears throat> On the sixth day, they will prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses said to the sons of Israel, at, end, at evening you will go out that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord, and what are we that you grumble against us? Moses said, this will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread in full in the morning. And the Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. And what are we, your grumblings, that are against us but the Lord? So your grumbling is not against us but the Lord. Verse 9, then Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, Come hear the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. It came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard your grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them, saying, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about in the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flake-like thing, <laughs> fine as the frost on the ground. And when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is bread which the Lord has given you. 
Now what Art just gave you, you can pass it around. That's my closest resemblance to manna. <clears throat> so we'll talk about that in just a minute. What you have in front of you is frosted flakes. But <clears throat> we'll, we, it's, a, it's the closest thing that I know to manna. So we have here frosted flakes. Now let's go on and read a little bit about this. And this is what the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man as much as he should eat. He shall take a homer apiece. Anybody know how much a homer is? How much? Two quarts. Two quarts is what a homer, according to the number of the person. So if Julie was getting some for her family, she would get how many? She got five, so she'd get ten quarts, right? Ten quarts. And she said, so verse 17, the sons of Israel did so. Some gathered much and some little. <clears throat> so this is what they had. Now, let's... We want to back up a little bit, or we're going to jump forward, and we'll come back a little bit. <clears throat> On verse 31 of the same chapter, the house of Israel main, named it manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and its taste was like wafers with honey. So <clears throat> my frosted flakes is about as close as I could get to manna, but it, it wasn't God's intent. It wasn't God's intent that they eat manna for 40 years. But they did. Hold your finger there and go to Joshua. Joshua, you turn right and go to Joshua chapter 5. <clears throat> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua chapter 5. Sure, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, let's let's pick it up in verse 9 of chapter 5 of Joshua. You, you with me? Joshua chapter 5 verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. While the sons of Israel camped at Gilgal, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the, the Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. Manna ceased on that day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land. So the sons of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate some of the yield of the land during that year. So, it's, it's sometimes the Lord doesn't intend us to be in some places, and yet we're there. But for 40 years, can you believe 40 years eating Frosted Flakes? It, and, and quail, and I love quail. But later on, we'll see in Numbers where they said, we're tired of it. And because they were belly aching, and God says, okay, you'll have quail. And they put it three feet 
three feet, two cubics above all the land. I had pictures of my granddaddy. They used to shoot quail off horseback. And he had number three wash tub. Y'all know what a number three wash tub is? Full of quail. And I, I told him later, I said, no wonder we don't have any quail today. You shot them all, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, the Lord was providing. Now I want to back up a little bit and talk about grumbling. They grumble. It's recorded in just the first uh, ten verses of Exodus. Uh, six times. Grumble. 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 Um, they just they just weren't happy. We don't ever do that. We don't ever grumble. The commandment the Lord gave us, and we're going to get to that in a couple of more chapters, we're going to get to the Ten Commandments, but he says, one of them, he says, Thou shalt not covet. I've expanded that a little bit. <clears throat> we might not covet but we do a whole lot of comparison. We'll pause for station identification. <laughs> Comparing one person to another. When I was working in Gaffney, I had a little sign right above my desk. It says, knowledge <clears throat> is a lot like money. If you keep your mouth shut, people think you have more than you do. Anyway, we grumble. We grumble. We grumble. Okay. Back to um, back to verse 22. Well, let me back up again. Verse 18. And they measured it with a homer. And he who gathered much had no excess, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered as much as he should eat. <clears throat> Moses said to them, Let no man leave any of it, of it till morning. But they did not listen to Moses, and some left it until morning. It bred worms and became foul, and Mo Moses was angry with them. They gathered it in the morning by morning, every man as much as he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt. Verse 22. Now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is the Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. This is the first time in Scripture that the word Sabbath is used. Just like I was told you in the front, he's leading them into freedom and he's teaching them little by little how they should live. And the Sabbath was very, very important to the Lord. 
And as we go through, through the rest of Exodus, we're going to see it mentioned time and time and time again. The Sabbath is holy unto me. So this is the first time he mentioned it. Verse 23, Then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is the Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. <clears throat> bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside till morning as he had ordered, and did not come foul, or they had, didn't have any worms in it. Verse 25, Moses said, Eat it today, for today is the Sabbath for the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day there will be none. And it came about on the Sabbath day that some of the people went out and gathered, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? What did he tell them? There's no, not any going to be on the Sabbath. Collect two times on Friday, but they won't be on, the, on Saturday. And he said it to them up there uh, in, chapter tw in verse 20. And then here in verse 20, uh, 26, you shall gather it. And then it came about on the 7th, 27th, it came on the seventh day that some of the people went out, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? <clears throat> the Lord's very patient with us. He was very, very patient with the children of Israel. But every now and then, it came through. And as... I can hear this ringing in the back of my head. Alton Morris would say to me, Bill, listen to me. I'm sure that didn't happen to anybody else. <laughs> but listen to me. You know, he had told me before, but I want you to know, listen to me. Verse 29. See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh. So the people rested on the Sabbath, seventh day. We still have people today that, that worship on, on the seventh day. And that's okay. I, that's fine. After the resurrection, you know, we have chosen to... to worship on the first day of the week and it's a day of rest it was in this time and it was for us um, there's a kind of a progression when when my grandparents were around Sunday was called the Lord's Day and then we progressed from the Lord's Day to Sunday and right after World War II things started changing Sunday became the weekend and it's lost its reverence 
it's just gobbled Sunday is just gobbled up in Saturday and late Friday it's it's all about the weekend when you leave your colleagues at work I did it too you know well what you gonna do this weekend <laughs> you know when I was just a young engineer working at Continental Electronics in Dallas first time I the girls were there the guys would would come in with their pickup trucks and their boats attached to them and when the bell rang at the end of the work day on Friday the girls would go in the the <clears throat> changing room and put their shorts and and uh, and jeans on and they were headed to the lake we've just come a long way there was a time when there wasn't when I grew up there wasn't a grocery store open in our little town on Sunday and something said to my mother one time said how do you how do you have what you need for Sunday she looked at him and says I plan you know I plan what I'm gonna do and where I'm gonna go it was either fried chicken or roast so anyway that was one or the other but but we've come a long way that Sunday is no different than Saturday is that a true statement it's no different and we're gonna get into that as we talk about the Sabbath a little bit more okay let's I got real quick let's go um, verse 31 uh, the house of Israel uh, named it manna and it was like coriander seed white and the taste of wafers and honey then Moses said this is what the Lord has commanded you let a homer f be kept and that th he's telling that to Aaron to put it in the ark of the covenant verse 35 and as Israel ate manna 40 years until it came into the inhabited land so that's that two things out of this today <clears throat> we institute the Sabbath and it's to the Lord it's a holy day into the Lord and and the other thing is we need to be careful about our grumbling our grumbling Art's going to put a thing on your on your table and uh, you may have it and there's a few more extra in there but what does it say no whining no whining it's, it's something that we need to have in front of you. I got it in my office where I can see it every day. Don't whine. No whining. What do you think, Larry? No whining. Okay. There's a, take, somebody take that with you, and there's a few more. I don't need any, any more to remind me. Okay. All right, let's pray right quick and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Scripture and that we can depend upon it and lean upon it. And we thank you for Moses writing it a long, long time ago. Father, forgive us for whining. Forgive us for grumbling. 
when you say you want to meet our need and you know what our need is before we even ask it. And Lord, forgive us for violating the Sabbath day because we don't keep it holy. Father, forgive us for that. Be with us as a people, as a church, and as a nation. And be with us as we go into further services. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.